you. Nope, I don't have the time. Yes, you do. Viz and Laura have already gone back to school. I'm starting my mud run training. <laughs> That's unlikely, Nina scoffed. I'm thinking of getting a dog for Max, and I'll be busy with that. No, you're not. You hate dogs. Come on, think of all the experience you bring to the job. Oh, wow, I said. Thanks for reminding me how much older I am than all the other parents. Not older, Nina cooed. Wiser. And I am, by almost 15 years. The 90s were a bit of a lost decade for me. After a blistering four years at the University of Kansas, go Jayhawks, I found myself with a super useful degree in art history and not a chance in hell of finding a job with it. So I decided to hit the road and see a bit of the world. Some people go to Paris to look at great art. Some go to Rome to look at great architecture. Me? I went to Amsterdam to see a great band. In Excess was just starting to ride their wave of international success thanks to the album X. Lucky for me, they weren't so famous that they would only date supermodels. I got picked out of the audience thanks to the no bra phase I was going through. And lo and behold, I ended up a groupie. You know that Cameron Crowe movie, Almost Famous, where the girls are called Band-Aids and they travel with the band and keep the musicians' um, morale up? It was kind of like that, but not nearly as glamorous. I was with In Excess for a little over a year and then moved on to a folk singer named Greg Brown. Yeah, I'd never heard of him either, but he could certainly draw a crowd, albeit an unwashed one. In those three years away, I somehow ended up with two kids, one of whom may or may not have been fathered by Michael Hutchins. Thanks to his untimely death in 1997, poor Vivs may never know. But Laura's sperm donor was most definitely Greg Brown's banjo player. I'm 65% sure. To quote the poet Steve Perry of Journey, they say that the road ain't no place to start a family. So I took my two kids from two different fathers and made my way home to Kansas City. Actually, by that time, my parents had fulfilled a lifelong dream and moved to Overland Park, which is a fancy suburb of KC. I was sad that I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to our old house, but thrilled that I had such a nice new place to bring Vivs and Laura home to. Let's just say I had a bucket load of explaining to do to Kay and Ray Howard, my extremely Catholic parents, when I landed on their swanky new doorstep with Laura and Vivs both still in diapers. My mother's face went from confused to horrified to delighted so quickly, I thought she was having a stroke. Luckily, they're more the forgiving kind of religious people and less the judgmental kind. So after a few dozen Hail Marys and one excruciating afternoon at Our Lady of Unity during the Stations of the Cross, I moved in with them and started what I now call the normal years. With their help, I raised the girls, worked for a while at Allstate, and yes, was class mom seven endless years in a row. It's a record that I believe still stands at William Taft. I hope it's not what ends up as the most noteworthy thing in my obituary, but you never know. It was while working at Allstate that I met the man who would become baby daddy number three and husband number one, Ron Dixon. By the way, I still only have one husband. I just think it's funny to introduce him that way. Ron called to file a complaint with the people with whom he thought he was in good hands. As was my job, I took the call and tried to talk him out of canceling his policy. Ron has an amazing voice. Even when he's complaining, it sounds like he just swallowed liquid velvet. I could have listened to him all day. It was around the time that he called me a soulless bitch that I decided I wanted to meet him. To this day, he thinks I took all my disgruntled phone callers out to lunch. What can I say? I had him at hello. I'm not unattractive considering my age and the mileage I've put on my body. And Ron happened to be single, having just gone through a soul-sucking divorce. In fact, when he called the insurance company, 
He was trying to put a force majeure claim for a fallen tree that had clearly been hit by a car. I later found out that the tree was the victim of domestic abuse, having been plowed over by his ex. As a member of the sisterhood, I take exception to men always calling women crazy. But in this case, I can say unequivocally that Ron's ex-wife Cindy is nuts. Not fear for your life nuts, just garden variety nuts. The biggest problem is that you never know in what form the nuttiness is going to rear its ugly head. Like one day a few months after Ron and I moved in together, six Costco-sized crates of diapers appeared on our doorstep with a card from Cindy saying, get the message? I figured she was either calling us babies or suggesting we have a baby. Ron said she was telling us we're full of shit. Ron's a good fit for me. He's what my father would call a solid guy, both physically and emotionally. He's about 5'11", although he tells people he's six feet for reasons that are not quite clear to me, and fit without looking bulked up.